0: Welcome to Swarthmore Presbyterian Church's podcast. This is your host, Alex Evangelista. We are delighted you are here, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. You are now listening to a sermon, recorded for July 25th, 2021, titled, On Personal Terms, by Rev. Joy Shin. Would you please pray with me? We thank you, God, for your desire to be close to us. We thank you for the word you speak to us, and let it draw us near to you so that we might live as your faithful children. Amen. Is my microphone on? Okay. Genesis is a book about beginnings, not in a chronological sense, but in a foundational sense. It speaks about the birth of the cosmos, the origins of humanity, the forming of God's people. Through story, Genesis raises questions that philosophers usually raise, foundational questions about our existence, ontology what we can know, epistemology, our freedom, philosophical psychology, and how we should behave, ethics. In this same spirit, the story we heard today from the third chapter of Genesis raises a foundational question, and in response to it, it offers a first principle. The question it raises is, How are we to live in God's world? The answer it offers is in trust. We are to live in trust. Trust is the first principle of our lives. After all, God has just created the world and called it good. God has just placed the first human beings in a garden that God planted where rivers run and fruit trees flourish, a place that provides abundantly for everything they could possibly need or want. Here in the Garden of Eden, where there is nothing to fear, it makes sense that trust would be a first principle. And yet even here we find that trust becomes eroded. Sometimes we define trust as the opposite of fear and defensiveness. Given the world we live in, with all its dangers and disappointments, it makes sense that we would learn to define trust over against fear. In this story, trust erodes not because of fear of something scary that is out there that could happen to us, but simply because of our innate freedom. We are free to be curious, to question, to pursue any line of thinking we choose. No matter where we are, in the wilderness, under a totalitarian regime, or in the Garden of Eden, we are endowed with this innate freedom to think our thoughts. This is what happens in the story of Adam, Eve, and the serpent in the garden. A serpent who is crafty begins by casting a question. It asks Eve, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And responding to the question, Eve says, We're allowed to eat the fruit of the trees. There's only one tree that we aren't supposed to eat from. Pursuing this train of thought, the serpent says, you're not going to die from eating eating the fruit of the tree. You should try it for yourself. It could be a good experience, an eye-opening experience. You'll know more about life, what's good, what's bad, what you like, what you don't like. Accepting this line of thinking, Eve ate of it. And she encouraged her partner, Adam, to do the same. He too took a bite. They tried it because they were curious and because they could. Breaking this rule, like breaking most rules, didn't result in death. It resulted in the erosion of trust in general. I consider myself to be a compliant person. I'm not a big rule breaker. Although I grew up in a house without a lot of rules, I knew very clearly what my parents' values were and what would please them, disappoint them, or cause them to worry. I remember clearly the first time I did something that went against what my parents expressly did not want me to do. Thankfully, this didn't lead to a life-and-death experience. I imagine, however, it was an occasion that challenged their trust in me. For most of us, it is that that parent-child relationship in which we become oriented to the first principle of life. Children come into the world totally trusting their parents for everything. And still today, whenever I see an infant sleeping soundly in the arms of a parent, no matter what may be going on around them, I am in awe of the trust with which each of us begins life." As we know, Sooner or later in life the trust with which each of us begins life will, to some degree, be challenged. Trust is fragile. It can easily erode. As children grow and their web of social relationships expands beyond their parents, their trust is placed in teachers, childcare providers, neighbors, coaches, and pastors throughout our lives, we place our trust in numerous people, professionals, elected officials, private and public institutions. From time to time and to greater or lesser degree, we are let down by those individuals and institutions. And it causes the social web of trust to weaken. When power gets abused or when responsibilities are not met, it's understandable that we might be more conserving of our trust or more careful about where we place it. Recently, I read a book entitled A Libertarian Walks into a Bear, the Utopian Plot to Liberate an American Town. The American town about which this book is written is Grafton, New Hampshire. Grafton first came to the attention of the author, Matthew Hongoltz Hetling, when he was working as a reporter for a regional newspaper and and came across a story of a bear that ate a cat. Following this lead, he soon discovered that the small town of Grafton had made national news twice over the past 20 years in 2004 as the site of one of the most ambitious social experiments in modern American history, the so-called Free Town Project, and then in 2012 when a wild bear attacked a person. What he found was that these two seemingly unrelated events were connected. Interviewing local residents, he learned of numerous bear encounters about which he commonly heard people say that the bears were bold. They were watching them and had no fear. The book is chock full of bear encounters. The more Matthew Hongoltz Hetling learned about the local residents' bear encounters, the more he also learned about the libertarian views that many of them held. Grafton is a place people come to in search of freedom, he wrote. In 2004, a critical mass of libertarians moved to Grafton to take part in a historic moment in libertarian political history, the creation of a free town. The project was to liberate Grafton from governmental structures so that personal freedoms could be protected. With the Freetown project underway, public funding for the fire department, the public library, and the schoolhouse decreased. Hunting laws and food disposal regulations were ignored. And not so surprisingly, the lack of garbage regulations, zoning regulations, and enforcement of building codes led to ad hoc solutions in which the local bears took intense interest. Matthew Hungoltz Hetling writes, at the same time that the Freetowners were shaping the community into their liking, the town's bears were working to create their own utopia. In the end, the Freetown project failed. Some would say that too much infighting, too much pitting of neighbor against neighbor was the cause. Others would say that the high taxes, suffocating rules, and overbearing authorities made daily life just too hard. Circumspect about it, a community leader and longtime resident of Grafton, John Babiarz, reflected on why more people didn't grasp the merits of the libertarian movement which he so valued. The libertarian movement is more cerebral, if you will, he said. They lack the ability to deal with people at a human level. More cerebral, its view of utopia doesn't always appeal to people's emotional and social view of what society should be. There is a spark of insight into this observation. It is an insight that the author of Genesis fleshes out for us so that we won't miss it. In the Garden of Eden, the foundation, the first principle on the basis of which a free society can flourish is trust. Trust, which is to be sure less cerebral and more emotional, is the essential condition for creating a free society. Without it, every attempt to create a utopia in which freedom flourishes will fail. The more freedom we desire, the more trust we must cultivate. In the scripture story we heard today, we see how vigilantly we must safeguard trust. For the erosion of trust in the Garden of Eden starts in the most subtle of ways Before a rule was even broken, a line of thinking was pursued. This loss of trust in the Garden of Eden came about in the midst of the first theological conversation we find in the story. Talking together about God, the serpent and Eve treated God as an object about which to pontificate rather than a person with whom to speak. They talked about God rather than to and with God. In doing so, they put the trusting relationship between God and them in a precarious position. It became all too easy to misrepresent God, even subtly, and thereby to distort profoundly God's relationship with them. It is the same precarious position in which we put other relationships when we talk about persons rather than to and with them. Not all such conversations erode trust, but we have to take care that they don't. Whenever I read this story in Genesis, I am especially moved by the verses that come later in which God calls out to Adam and Eve. God is walking in the garden, enjoying the evening breeze, and wanting to be with them. God calls out to them. Where are you? When Adam, who had been hiding from God, responds honestly. I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. I felt naked. And hid God said who told you that you are naked it is as if God were saying are you ashamed of yourself for some reason did you do something to lose my trust you can feel the pathos in this story God desires to be close to us to be in trusting relationship with us. God also desires us to be free. But just like any loving parent knows, greater freedom requires greater trust. This is true not just between parents and children, but in all our relationships. God brings us into the world in trust. And though we will be disappointed and we will disappoint, it is God's desire that we live in community with God and one another, abiding by that first principle of trust. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon recorded for July 25th. 2021, titled, On Personal Terms, by Rev. Joy Shipp. We'll see you soon, and may the peace of Christ be with you.